Each one of you who believe in Jesus Christ are authorized and have authority to wield the things of God. And by the time I've just finished this message, hopefully you will believe that. Not only believe it, but you'll receive it to yourselves and be fresh on it again. Those that have let it slip a bit, because we have authority. We have authority. And what happened in this service, God was demonstrating, because suddenly the body was beginning to pray and take authority. And he directed where he wanted that authority to go. And when you're in your prayers at home and in intercession, don't be surprised if he puts a person on your heart or a nation on your heart or something that he needs you to do on your heart because that's the Holy Spirit. And if we respond to it, then anything could happen. When I was preparing this message, the proverb came before my eyes. Proverbs 29 verse 2. When the righteous are in authority or become great, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groom. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. God wants us in authority in our families, in the schools, in the workplace. In society, because if righteous people are beginning to step up in authority, the people rejoice. So where do we get this authority from? Let's go straight to Jesus. Luke 9, verses 1 and 2. The slides would have been coming up, but because today the machine didn't want to do it. Um, So if you've got Bibles, follow. If not, you can look it up. Later, but Luke 9, 1 and 2. Then he, that's Jesus, called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority. Get it? (laughs) He gave them power and authority. Over what? All demons. And to cure diseases. He, Jesus, sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. We need to remember that the battle that is raging in our world and in this society is between two forces, darkness and light. And behind every man and woman's evil, wicked motives is a demonic influence. It's not flesh and blood that we're fighting. We've got to get back up there and battle because it's up there that will change down here. Okay, and Jesus made it clear. I've given you 12, the disciples, power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Six, verse six, and he talked about obedience. So they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. They've had the instruction, they've had the impartation, and now they've gone and done it. And that's what God has been saying to us this morning. What has happened here? Jesus has now given his authority, his power, he's transferred it to them. We are talking about not a little bit of Jesus' power or authority, we're talking about the whole lot. I wish the church generally would wake up to that fact. We've been given the whole lot. And I'm going to bring that out in this word. 
Mark, Mark chapter 6, verses 12 and 13 says, So they went out and preached that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. They'd done exactly what Jesus said to do and what Jesus was doing. They're now doing. This is the 12 disciples. He has delegated his own power to the 12 Given them clear instructions, if you read that whole area in Luke, of how they're to go, what they're to take, what they're to do when they're accepted, and what to do when they're not accepted. If you're not accepted, don't waste your time. Jesus says, shake the dust off your feet. Go, go, and he'll take you to people who will accept it. Because by the time you've spent three hours on someone who don't want to accept it, just think how many people you might have touched who do want to accept the message. The devil's a time waster. Be careful. When you're dealing with someone and they're just not wanting to get it, either the Lord's going to work into their heart and they will get it, or you're just having your time wasted. Honestly, I've been there. I learned the hard way. But this is a microcosm of the church. The 12 going out foreshadowed the ongoing mission of the church that was to come, which we know happened in Acts and is still happening. This was going to extend beyond the house of Israel. We've prayed about Israel. We've talked about Israel. But God broke out from Israel. He went Gentile. He went the whole world. Jew and Gentile. This is global. This is global. What is happening here? Jesus is initiating something that is going to go global. What power do Christians have over demons? Can we just remind ourselves? Because I keep hearing people talking about the demonic as if it's a very powerful thing and it's bigger and stronger than them. Yes, it is bigger and stronger than me, but it's not bigger and stronger than him. And who is in us? Because 1 John 4, 4 says, He who is in you, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God, is greater than he, the devil, a created angel that fell because of rebellion. Let's remember his position, who is in the world. The Holy Spirit-filled believer has been given power over, he said, all demons. All. I heard a testimony of Billy Graham. He said, you have to be on your guard with the devil, especially at his level when he was winning souls. He was sitting in his study one day, and he said, I knew there was a presence in my study. And I looked up, and there was this most beautiful, glorious, angelic, angelic being standing in front of me. And then I knew who it was, the angel of light, the devil, manifesting in his glory that he had. And he said, I felt as if I was being drawn into him. For a moment, that was like, and then he said, I said, in the name of Jesus, you get out. Billy Graham, Smith Wigglesworth, who I've talked about a lot, woke up one night and he said, I knew there was a presence in the bedroom. And at the bottom of his bed, the devil was standing, manifesting himself. He turned. He said, "I was only you." And turned over and pulled the cover over his head. That was where he was in God. He's an intimidator, but he's not all powerful. We've been given unlimited, unlimited power because it's Jesus over the devil, over authority. Jesus' authority is greater than all satanic power. And I wish he'd blow on Halloween. (laughs) I wish he'd blow on the shops, blow on the producers of this stuff, and blow Halloween off the face of this planet. Because it's deceiving, lying, demonic, 
draw the little ones in, make it all nice, make it all fun. I'm going to say, no, parents, if any of you are going to dress your children up as witches and monsters, don't. And don't go on trick or treat. Please. Nor your grandchildren. If there's a ruckus in the house when you say, I'm not happy with this, light and darkness do not mix. And there will be a clash, but we've got to start saying something out here. This is demonic. Jesus said, he sent out, he sent out the disciples in Luke 10. He sent out the 70 in Luke 10. Chapter uh, 1 of Luke 10, he sends 70 out now. So he's done 12, he's now sent 70 out. And when they came back in verse 17, they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Get hold of that. In your name. Okay? Jesus replied, I think this is great, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Here's the key. Jesus, he knew what they would do to the demonic, but he said, rejoice in this, that your names are written in heaven. Now, if everyone in this room, in one way or another, has said, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I'm a sinner. You died for me. Would you please come into my life as my Lord and Savior? Somewhere in heaven, a big book is open, and your name has gone in. Instant. Not by works, not how you've got on later on. That moment, your name is in heaven. And that's where he's saying rejoice because there's some authority coming out of this because your name's now in heaven and you're a child of the Most High God. And if you haven't got Jesus and you're not sure, then come and speak to one of us afterwards because it is crucial. Because as you'll now hear, you cannot mess with darkness unless your name is written in heaven and you know this Jesus who I'm talking about. Even if you only know him a little. Why am I saying this? We jump into Acts 19, just for a moment. That says in verse 13, Then some itinerant Jewish exorcists, people who deliver people, took it upon themselves. Hmm? Took it upon themselves. We have to be very careful what we're doing as to never be doing it from us. They took it upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. So the Lord has not prompted them to do it and they don't know him as you'll find out. We exercise you, he says to this demonic man, by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. So the chief priest does this, but now the seven sons are going to have a go. And this is what happens. And the evil spirit answered, and they do talk. They said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, who's got Jesus, but who are you? So you think, well, and? Well, then it says this, verse 16. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was, was leapt on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. 
I'm going to say something here. Just because your mum or dad are Christians, don't mean you are. Just because I'm up here speaking and preaching and Cecile and I are pastors, doesn't give you the authority to go against the demonic. The one thing that gives you the power to go against the demonic is knowing that you are saved, that your name is written in heaven, and you know that when you declare the name of Jesus, it's not you at this, because you are just an agent for God. We're just his disciple, his ambassadors, but it's all coming from him, through him, and because of him, and then you're going to be fine. But if you want to start doing what these dear people did, then there's going to be trouble. And I've seen people who have messed with the darkness and got their fingers burnt badly. The authority of the name of the Lord Jesus has been granted only to believers. If anyone else starts telling you anything and you say, where have you got your authority from? And they can't tell you from Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is my Lord and Saviour then you need to be very weary of them. And if anyone's praying for you or speaking into your life, you might just like to ask them a question. Are you saved? Are you born again? Can you tell me that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Saviour? Because in my Bible, the way to discern spirits is they can't say it. And they can't give you a testimony of when they came to know him either. They'll go around everything else. These signs will follow those who believe in my name, Jesus said in Mark 16, verse 17. These signs will follow those who believe in my name, said Jesus. They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly or poison, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. This is Jesus imparting all that on the disciples, on us. Each one of us. He was doing it then, but this for all the years that were to come for his church. And I, you think, well, that's funny. By no means hurt you when you drink anything poisonous. There's a testimony of a man who was being persecuted in one of the countries where they do not like Christians. They arrested him. They locked him in a cell. And there was a little hatch under the door. And they kept sliding every morning a little dish in there with clear liquid in it. And he drank it because he's thirsty, and the next day they pushed it under, and the next day, and then he noticed that they weren't going away. They're peering through the little spy hole rather a lot. A few days later, they came in and they said, why aren't you dead? They'd been feeding him battery acid every morning. He was drinking battery acid. Nothing deadly hurt him because he was in the Lord's will and he was God's and God protected him. The name of Jesus is not given as a magical phrase. It's not something we can just go, oh, Jesus, I'm going to use Jesus. I'm going to use Jesus. You need to be very careful about it because we're talking about God here. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about us being obedient to him and in that submissive place with him but knowing who he is. When employed in faith, listen, when employed in faith by the power of the Holy Spirit, his might and glory may be expected to be manifested. I'll say it again. When employed by faith, so in faith, 
We are moving in faith. We can't see them. We don't know what's going on. But we're in faith that as we begin to move, as we prayed for Phil, as we began to pray this morning and declare things, as we're doing that by the power of the Holy Spirit, God's might, His glory may be expected to be manifested. And I think the church is about to get a big wake-up call when the power of God starts to get manifested in these days more and more. And it will surprise some, even Christians. When someone walks out of their wheelchair with no one laying hands on them, what are they going to say? Set up. That's what they used to say, isn't it? Oh, that was just a set up by the evangelist. You need to be careful what we're saying. But I believe we're going to see days like Sally, not me touching her, not anyone else is going to be God touch her, and she's just going to walk out of that wheelchair, and the only glory is going that way. Hallelujah. I do believe this is not how it ends. I've said it to you and I'm going to say it publicly. This is not how it ends. Not how it ends. And in a minute, I'm going to declare what someone prayed this morning because it's not how it ends. Wow, the fullness. Listen, in the heart, inherent in the name of Jesus, is not only the resource of his authority, but also the fullness of his nature and character. We should be exhibiting everything. When we're moving in the things of God, we should not only be showing that authority, but there should be the nature of Jesus and the character of Jesus coming out. What do you look like during the week to your family and friends and work colleagues? Power and authority. But then if we've got new, <laughs> new attributes of Jesus, love, kindness, self-control, goodness, all those things, there's something missing. And we're all on that journey, me included. Any prayer offered in ministry in the name of Jesus must be in accord then with his nature and purpose. So if everything that we're doing lines up with what Jesus did and said to do, and then we know he's given to us to do, then we're okay. And that's why we keep saying, read the Gospels, read what he said, read what he did. Then you'll know when you're in a situation, because Jesus did it. Jesus healed the sick. Jesus cast out demons. Jesus provided, multiplied. Jesus, do what Jesus did. And he says in John 14, 13, And whatever you ask in my name, here it is again, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. It's always back to in his name, because he's the one that's given us the authority. That's why I can tell you that we are all authorized, if we're Christians and believe in Jesus. A prayer offered in the name of Jesus is in accord with his revealed nature and purpose and has the full weight of his authority behind it. What we were doing this morning had the full weight of God behind it. Do you realize the God of heaven and earth was behind our prayers this morning because he was stirring them up? In Acts 8, 27, the Ethiopian eunuch, you might know this as the Port Philip got sent in obedience out of the city on a desert road. Why would you go down there when everything's happening in the city? But the Holy Spirit said, go catch up with the chariot he catches up with the chariot and the Ethiopian eunuch is in there who's just been to worship God in the temple and he is under Queen Candace he's a man under authority it says Ethiopian eunuch of great authority under Candace the queen of the Ethiopians is in that chariot reading Isaiah and doesn't know who he's reading about Philip gets in tells him who he's reading about the man gets saved and baptized that's not why I want to go there the word authority is what I'm after the word authority here in the Greek is dunastes 
D-U-N-A-S-T-E-S, for those who like to write down these Greek words. And part of dunastis means one invested with power. A high official, an important personage, a court official, a ruler, a sovereign, a prince, a royal minister, a potentate. I preached the other week on I, we are royal priesthood because God says we are. We're kings because God says we are. So I think we're people of authority. But we're invested with power like this man. And you know, when, when, when Mary sings her song in Luke 152, exalting the Lord, she says, He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. That's what Jesus was going to do and did do and is doing. So there's this authority. There's this might. The world systems are going to be replaced by the authority. You know that. He's coming back. And the government is on his shoulders. And he is going to rule and reign. And who's ruling and reigning with him? You're getting it. And you'll still have the same authority. Because when the Ethiopian eunuch finds out that Queen Candace dies, whenever that would be, at that moment, he's got no authority. Because his authority is coming from the Queen. And she's gone. She hasn't gone in the scriptures, but she will go, won't she? Guess what? Jesus is eternal. So your authority is not going to blip out at some point. Because while Jesus is alive, and he's alive forevermore, and he's the king of kings, he is all authority. His children and his church are constantly in that place of authority that has been given to them. And it isn't being removed Jesus' kingdom is a perpetual dynastus. Authorize, give official permission or approval to an undertaking or an agent. So I tried to explain this easy for you. When the troops, the army are sent out, they're authorized by the king or the queen, by the commanders, the government, and everything else to use force. And as a police officer, the same thing. So I can tell you in the natural about authorized. In May 1977, one day I'm Mr. Malcolm Reeve, and on a certain date that I'm invited to go to the police headquarters and step into the classroom, I am now police constable Malcolm Reeve. Something has shifted in a moment. I've got a uniform on with my numbers. So I look at the part, but I'm still not authorised. I've got new power. And the moment the power comes is this. There's a magistrate comes in the classroom. And each of us constables had to stand up with the Bible and swear an oath. And that oath was to the queen then, now the king. And what I would be saying was, I would serve the queen in the office of constable and carry out all that she had put down for us to do to keep the peace, to detect crime and arrest offenders. But I'm only day one. But now I've got all the authority, all the weight of the law and the courts behind me to walk out of that place and get hold of someone and say, I'm arresting you. The full weight, the full authority of the sovereign transmitted down through the chief constable to little old me. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's us. 
The higher authority is God. He has put that down through Jesus' Son and declared it to each one of us 24 hours, 7 days a week. I haven't got a clue what I was supposed to do. I had to go to training school. But I had the same power on day one as I had on day uh, 10 years on, 20 years on, 30 years on. And at midnight when I retired, suddenly all that authority has gone. Because <laughs> I'm no longer in the office of constable. And like us, we can get born again today. And you've got the same full authority that Jesus gave the disciples there and then that a Christian of 5 years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years has got. And so it carries on. We just need to get hold of this, who we are. We are children of the Most High God, and we have been given all authority, authority over all the power of the enemy. And why is all this, this, this... We've been talking about going back to the beginning and returning to Eden and righteousness being restored in some of the messages. And I went back to Genesis 1, 26, because God initiated this from the beginning. And when Jesus came as a second Adam, he reinstalled that authority and dominion. And I'm just going to quickly cover that as we come towards the end. Then God said in Genesis 1, 26, let us, God, make man in our image. That's the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, us. According to our likeness, let them have, listen, this word, dominion. Dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. God created man and woman to be his kingdom agents, his police officers, his ambassadors, the ones who are going to be on the earth doing it, to rule and subdue the rest of creation, including the aggressive satanic forces that were about to come. He knew what was coming. It wasn't a catch-me-out time with God. Then, verse 28, ladies, you really need to get hold of this, and the men. Then God blessed them. Who? Adam and Eve. Not just Adam. Not the man. The man gets it all. He blessed them. And said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth to do it and have dominion. I think he said, it, he said it twice now about this dominion thing. From the beginning, God's heart was to build a dwelling for himself on earth, to be in that fellowship with mankind. And you see it with man and woman together. The foundation of the house of the Lord, bride and bridegroom, man and woman. You can't separate this. Through the two of them together, he intended to live and reveal himself in the world. And we as one of the biggest battles at the minute is marriages. Let's scrub marriage off the statute books. Let's get as much divorce in as easy as possible. Who do you think's behind that? We need to stand up for marriage. We need to stand up for man and woman getting married. That's it. God didn't go, I'll pluck a rib out of Eve and I'll just create a Tom. And I'll put Tom and Adam together, did he? He took a rib out of him, made a woman, and brought the woman to the man. And I'm decreeing that. A woman to the man. There is no other marriage. None. I don't care what the law says. No. I'm fed up with seeing it on the news. I'm fed up with a woman and a man. And they turn... I'm his husband. No, you're not. Not under his eyes. No. And you've got churches saying, yeah, we'll marry and we'll bless them. Get out of the way because I'll tell you what, God is not happy. Right. So, the devil comes 
and deceives Eve and Adam falls into it. There's a problem now because all that authority and dominion, they've just released something because the devil has got something now, hasn't he? But everything is on this whole thing now, what God has released. And God said, you have got dominion, I've given it to you. In comes the devil, God's got a plan, Jesus is coming, the second Adam, and when he does come, we've just read, he gives back all authority to us. But there's a war on. But dominion, get hold of the word dominion. The coming king, Zechariah 9, verses 9 and 10, verse 10 in particular. This is 520 BC. Zechariah prophesies, his dominion, he's talking about the coming king, Jesus, shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. The dominion of the Lord will eventually reach to the ends of the earth, as we're seeing, as many people experience God's covenant. In Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus says when he's commissioning, he's, he's died, he's been on the cross, he's rose again, and now he's put on the great commission. And he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Jesus has just declared it, who he is, what he's got, and now he's releasing it. Because he says in the Great Commission, uh, he says, uh, verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. In other words, his constant presence is with them and with us on this divinely commanded assignment. He says about all who believe in him. All who believe in him. I looked again, ordinary men and women, quickly, Exodus 3, the burning bush. God commissions Moses. So even though the devil's come in, God is still releasing authority on men and women who are being used by him powerfully. And we heard about Moses' stick. I was just laughing that the message was coming out in like a jigsaw this morning to me. So Moses is the one that God has chosen to set the people free who are captive under Pharaoh, the Jews. And God says in chapter 3, I know their sorrow. Verse 8, so I've come down to deliver them. (laughs) God has come down to deliver them. Verse 10, Come now therefore and I will send you, Moses, to Pharaoh, that you, Moses, may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. (laughs) Can you imagine him suddenly saying, I'm sending you to Palestine to sort this out under the power of God. I mean, this is Mecca. This man is going in to one of the, the most powerful ruler in the world and he's going to start telling him to let the people go. But that's not him, is it? Because this is what God says. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? And God says in verse 12, I will certainly be with you. Does that ring a bell of what we just read? Jesus said, you go and I'll be with you working all the time. Then Moses said to God, I think this is great. When I come to the children of Israel and and I say all this to them, they're going to say, who's saying this to you? And... He'll say, he said, God said, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they will say, what is his name? What shall I say to them? 
And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. If you've got nothing else to say, when you've been sent somewhere, say the I am has sent me. The weight behind that phrase is the fullness, the wholeness of God. I am. God identifies himself as I am. His character, his attributes, everything is in that reinforcing and saying to Moses, you just go because I am with you. And we know he, the stick, the sea, everything. King David. King David in 1 Samuel 16, 12. Here's a young man. God's looking for the next king. He doesn't even know it yet. He's out with the sheep. But God's about to put on him some authority and dominion. And then when, when the boy eventually comes in, he says to the prophet Samuel, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. You know, God's, God's got his eye on all of us. And any moment he could say, this is the one. Finland. Yeah. Who knows what God wants done in Finland? He wanted something done in Finland even way back here. And he knew who was going for this specific assignment. Luke. We need to get hold of this. We are not just hand here haphazard. We are here because we've been called for such a time as this. We do the birthdays because just to reinforce something, you were born for such a time as this. You're not a mistake. Anyone here who's got children or you're a child yourself and think they're a mistake, no, they're not a mistake. With God, nothing to do with man and woman being born on this earth is a mistake. But he's, he's, he's anointed with oil, so now he's got this kingly anointing yeah, he's not a king really, is he? He's a shepherd boy still. But straight away that authority and that authority comes and he goes and meets Goliath within the next chapter. But what does he do when he runs at Goliath? He says, I come at you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the name of the God, the armies of Israel. In the name of Jesus, we come against you, Spirit. In the name of Jesus, we come against you. He's saying here, he didn't know Jesus then. I'm coming against you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the I am. And what happened to Goliath? And let me tell you this, Goliath was standing on their land. Does that ring a bell? Goliath had inv that invaded the land that was theirs. And he said, get off our land. Who are you standing against the people of God? We're in them days now. This, this is all written before. This has happened before. It's just modern now with missiles and tanks. This has happened before. People invading God's land, attacking God's people. Not good. God's people getting it wrong, falling into disobedience. Not good. But God brings it round. And I just say, woe betide anyone who's getting in the way of the things of God and standing on God's land because God is in charge. He's the owner. That's his. It's his. And down went the giant and off come his head. And everyone started to believe again. We're going to have Elijah moments when everyone's going to start believing again. When all the Satanists and the Satan worshippers are going to meet the fire of God. And when they start testifying, I've met with the living God. Darkness is going to be put to flight. When revival comes, pubs empty, prisons empty. There are no drunks on the streets. Why? Because the manifested presence of God has come through simple men and women who said, pray, Lord, have mercy on this city. Have mercy on this town. Have mercy, Lord. Have mercy. Come, Lord Jesus. They're crying out to the Lord and he comes and changes a community. And the only reason it normally goes is because we go back into religion and tradition and start to try and box it. I pray if revival hits this church, you'll shoot me if I start putting religion and tradition and box God. Because we, we can't mess around. We're in the end times. We're in the end times. 
I need to finish quick. Listen, this is for you, my dear Sally. What happens when Jesus goes up? He says, I'm sending the Holy Spirit because that's the power. Comes on them, anoints them, authority. Out they go. They haven't got a clue. Then they're going to start building a church worldwide. (laughs) But out they go. Chapter 3 of Acts. All Peter and John are going to do is worship at the temple. And there's the man. (laughs) Begging. Can't walk. So they walk up and they go and they get his attention. And what does he say? Silver and gold. Someone said it this morning. You see, I told you it all came out. It's the Holy Spirit. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And then he went like this. And the man got up and walked. You'd all freak out if this lady got up and walked right now. But I can believe God can do it right now. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Yes, yes, yes. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Yes, that's a start. Yes, now you can, you can relieve Phil of your um, bottom. Ready? Step back. Is it? You got it. 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 You said to me the other week, I just want to walk, didn't you? You said, I just want to get out of this wheelchair and walk. You said, I just want to do it. You've just done it. And you're going to keep doing it because your faith is increasing and you're going to believe it. You're going to believe it because Jesus is your Lord and Savior and you have authority over this attack that took out your mind and took out your ability to walk. Yeah. Yeah. You alright? You back in? I'm finishing. Immediately after the Spirit's outpouring at Pentecost, it is stated, many wonders and signs were done through the who? Apostles. The invoking of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth comes from the lips. You're authorized. You have authority. You have authority. Do you know when I went over and did that to you, Sally, the enemy's gone, you're going to look stupid if she falls on the floor. (laughs) But I couldn't stop. Because I just feel we're breaking something. There's a little lady, I may have told you this, and I'm going to finish. Ian Andrews was in a... No, it wasn't Ian Andrews, I think it was someone else. And this, yes, it was him. A little blind lady kept coming forward with her granddaughter to his meetings at the end when he's praying, and he laid hands on her. Boom, down she went in the Holy Spirit, and he thinks she's going to get up, see she gets up, bows, walks off. Night number two, little lady comes forward. He prays for her, down she goes. Gets up, bows, still blind, walks out. Day three, he said, okay, God, what is going on? 
This poor lady's coming out in faith to get healed of her blindness. The power of God's here to heal. And the Lord said, you just keep preaching the word and praying for her. Day seven, falls down, gets up, blind. Day eight, falls down, gets up, raises her arms, says, I can see. And he went, talk to me. You've come all these nights. She said, you didn't see it, did you? See what? She said, you didn't see it. He said, I didn't see. She said, on my eyes was a spirit of blindness with eight tentacles. And God said, each night I'm going to cut one off. And on the last night you're going to see. That's our God. God asked for obedience this morning. That was a scary moment because everything was you on a heap on the floor. God is asking us. <laughs> I was thinking, step off this platform. <laughs> I don't know what's happened here this morning apart from the Holy Spirit. I am authorized. Turn to the person next to you and say, I am authorized. Do you believe it? Do you believe you're authorized? Over all the power of the devil. Because if not, read the Gospels again and what Jesus said, please, because this is important days. We're children of the Most High God. And we are authorized to carry out His commands and His instructions. Amen. Lord, Lord, I just think of Peter and the apostles and the 120 in that room, Lord, who were just told to wait, and then you came in the power of the Holy Spirit. They hadn't got a clue what was going to happen next. But what had happened in that room was that tongues of fire came on each one of them. That individual anointing, that individual empowering came upon each one of them. He had already said, I'm giving you authority, power and authority, Lord. But now came that dynamite power, the dunamis of God, the Holy Spirit. And he is not gone. Someone talked about thanking you, Lord, for keeping him on earth. Lord, that's what the song says in There is a Redeemer. Lord, thank you for leaving your spirit till the work on earth is done. And it's clear that the work's not been done yet because we're still here and the Holy Spirit is still working. So Lord, I pray this morning for one church, one Norwich Elam, every person here, every person not here who's associated with this church and all your churches around this city. I pray, Lord, that every man, woman and child are going to get this. They're going to get this, that we're not just here to work until retirement, put our feet up and then have a funeral plan. We're here for a specific purpose on this earth to go around, Lord, declaring who you are and, Lord, displaying that authority and that signs and wonders will follow the preaching of your word, Lord. And I pray, Lord, you would help us to get this. 
You would help us to get this, Lord, and you use us. You know where we're at. You know everyone here. You know how people can be fearful or how people can feel inadequate. But when the power of the Holy Spirit comes on us, Lord, then we've got nothing to be afraid of because it's not us doing it in our strength, but that's you working through us, through the anointing. Lord, I pray for that special anointing again, Lord, to come, that revival, renewal, fire anointing to come upon everyone here, Lord, that we're going to have boldness that says in my Bible, they rose up with boldness. They in one accord and the power of God was being displayed God that's not just for then that's for now and I just pray Father God Lord that everyone here would just begin to get hold of the fact that you have authorized each and every one and the full weight of heaven the full weight of you is with each one and Lord backing up everything that they are declaring regarding you your word and the truth Lord and we know what the truth does it sets people free. In Jesus' name, amen.